Have you ever dreamed of one day owning your own business, but just don't know where to begin? Then you've tuned into the right show. On All Things Franchising, you will hear from top national franchisers, successful franchisees, attorneys, CPAs, and others who support this fast-growing business model. So grab a cup of coffee and pen and notepad, because you will want to capture the invaluable information you hear on today's show. And now, here is your host, Linda Ballesteros. Hey folks, welcome to All Things Franchising. This is Linda Ballesteros. I'm your host today, and I appreciate you finding some time out of your busy day to spend with me. So today we're going to be talking about the fundraising sector. Um, I recently read an article that the title of it pretty much says it all. Uh, Hello, budget cuts, goodbye sports. So we're talking about fundraising in junior high and high school. The article went on to say, budgets have become so constrained, some school districts have drastically slashed or entirely cut athletic programs. While this is not a choice most schools want to make, what other options do they have when the money just simply isn't there? And that's really what we're facing a lot of is that there's so many schools that are faced with this situation, but it's the kids that really suffer in this because Sometimes that's the only reason the kids come to school is to play sports. So today my guest is Mike Bahoon. Mike is a 20-year veteran of fundraising for groups and 28-year veteran in coaching. Today he is the president of Fundraising University. He has raised over $125 million for high schools since 2009. That's a crazy, crazy number with Fundraising University. Fundraising University is a team of former athletes and coaches who know the pain points that come when with funding sports programs. So please help me in welcoming Mike to the show. Hey, Mike, welcome to the show. Hey, Linda, how are you? I am doing well. You know, Mike, it is just such a sad situation when we're looking at uh, them cutting some of the programs, and it's not just football. You know, it's drill teams. It's all of those things that sometimes that's really what the kids get up for in the morning and go to school. So before we start talking about the the um, the services that Fundraising University offers, tell me a little bit about your background. Sure. Um, student athlete my entire life. I've found my passion in that. I found being involved in sports, being from a single-parent household and receiving that male mentorship, being part of a team, uh, having structure, all those things I was immediately attracted to, the competitive outlet, um, the confidence that was built in sports. So I did three sports all the way through high school, had a chance to to play all three in college and, and decided to play baseball and then went right into coaching and scouting, and now I'm a, a baseball coach at Creighton University, so contributing to the student-athlete experience is 100% my mission in life and and all the different transformational opportunities that the student-athlete experience creates is is the heart of Fundraising University. So where did Fundraising University, what 
where did that come from, Mike? At what point did you say there is a huge need out there for someone that can help with fundraising for these schools? Sure. As a high school coach in Omaha, I actually was faced with the fact that I had, you know, jerseys that were 13 years old when I accepted the baseball mm. position. And a gentleman who was a teacher and coach that became a fundraising consultant approached me and he showed us how to raise money for those jerseys. And we built a relationship where uh, I worked part-time with him and then full-time and then we launched Fundraising University and uh, never looked back. And, and so those two worlds, the coaching, the entrepreneurship, and the helping of students and athletes is, uh, it just all came together and um, I'm excited to wake up every day and do it and share that with people. Yeah, most definitely. Because like I said earlier, sometimes I would think that that is the reason these kids get up in the morning is to be able to put that jersey on, isn't it? No, you're, you're, you're absolutely right. And it's also, um, sports are also what keep the best teachers in schools in a lot of cases. And I think sometimes we don't make that connection, um, and it affects all students, not just student-athletes, having the best people and having the best teachers in schools. And without sports, um, I think it would dilute the quality of teachers that we have in schools, and that has its own consequence that I don't think is spoken about enough. And why is that, Mike? I've not heard that before. Uh, I just think that that ability to lead and work with kids in a team atmosphere, and I think that coaches – and teachers both understand that, you know, the opportunities, the experiences, the relationships, and things that are built outside of the classroom are very unique to sports. Um, the in-classroom experiences and blessings are extremely important as well. But I think that there's an affirmation in being part, both parts of that process that that coaches are drawn to in that relationship and that tangible seeing of somebody grow on an emotional, a personal, and an athletic level, I think, is, is very unique to sports and coaching. Mm-hmm. Yes, most definitely. So talk to me now a little bit about the services that Fundraising University offers. What, how do you go into a school, and what is that, that opportunity to, to do fundraising with them? What does that look like, Mike? Yeah, so we have a professionally trained, typically teacher-athlete, coach, business, salesperson background that goes into schools. They visit with coaches, bands, choirs, FBLA, whoever needs money in a school, and they offer them a professional service that shows them how to raise $200 per student in a week, and sometimes in some cases even an hour. And we're there with them from start to finish, from the planning all the way to the execution and the logistics, and we do that same plan, that same execution in a scalable way with 2,000 high schools. And it takes a lot of the pressure you know, off the person in the school um, to be successful. And they appreciate that. Oh, I'm sure they do. Um, so what does that fundraising look like? Is it online? Is it door-to-door? How do the kids get involved in this? Sure, we've got a little bit of both. We've had to be flexible, of course, with with COVID. Um, but the way that kids are successful and the way that they elicit support from people is organizing a system that puts kids in a safe situation to walk up to people and say, or reach out to them for, you know, via their phone or the Internet and say, would you help me? And you make that yeah. personal. 
And that's what we're facilitating because what we know is people love to help kids and students and athletes. And the more we can facilitate that in a very direct, focused way, then that's how we raise teams. In some cases, you know, $50,000 in a week. Hmm. Wow, that that's kind of staggering because I am sure the school district, there's no way they would give them $50,000 probably in a year, would they? No, no. They, uh, I think that obviously the schools and the taxpayers all have the best intentions, but the reality with sports, especially when it relates to safety and, and resources and travel and, and just the, the things that change with the economy is, you know, I think that they're typically – with a functioning athletic program, I think the school usually gives about 30 to 40% depending on the state. And then the rest of it is to be, to be made up by the coaches. And that's, that's where we come in. Mm, I see. So Mike, let's talk a little bit now about what that franchise opportunity looks like. Now I'll be honest with you, Mike, I've not done any fundraising and I came out of corporate. I was in banking. So uh, I don't even know whether I would be a good fit. Who would be? Um, who is the perfect franchisee that you're looking for? Yeah, I actually think you would be a good fit, Linda, because you have a, a really good heart for other people, and I think that's where it starts. You know, this space is so transformational. You have to appreciate the interaction, and you have to appreciate what you're contributing to, which is students, teachers, and schools. So I, I think most people that that have a heart for that. Um, are going to be successful, and I think that's where it starts. You know, there's some great transactional mm-hmm. businesses out there, but this is really something that you have to be able to invest in emotionally. And then I think there's a couple core qualities that you need to have um, that I think anybody can choose to have. Um, you have to be a self-starter. You know, it's a work-from-home model where it's up to you to go out and execute on our plan. And if you do that, and what we've seen is if people work hard, um, they're always going to be successful, and, and I believe that to be true of most industries. And then the second thing is is you have to be teachable. The reason that you mm-hmm. typically get into franchising is there's a system that's in place and there's experts and resources that help you and you expedite that learning curve and that success for yourself and for others. So if you're a self-starter and you're teachable, our business is simple, it scales, it's easy to learn, and if the effort and the attitude are there, just like coaches talk about every day, then it, it transfers to success here and very quickly in most cases. So when you're talking about um, if if I can learn the system, so what type of training are you going to provide me, Mike, when with me not having any experience with fundraising? Um, how are you going to get me up to speed here to be a franchisee? Yeah, great question. It's something that we take a lot of pride in, and I think it's one of our strengths because we are – a group of teachers and coaches and trainers and athletes. And so there's three phases in it. The first 15 days is we teach you how to approach customers. We have a system called action selling, which is really the art of asking questions and then understanding someone else's needs. And we're passionate about that way of approaching people to listen instead of talk. Um, And then there's a second phase that teaches you how to operationally execute for your customers within the service that we provide. And then the last 15 days I work with them, and there's a business uh, portion to that where we're looking at your entity structure, we're looking at your taxes, we're making sure that you're set up to be a business, and all those things are in place so that 
you can be successful and you can look downfield with your success. And uh, we take that responsibility very seriously. So once I've gone through your training and I get back into my community, my territory, where do I begin? Do you help me in making those connections with the, the schools? We do. That's part of the, the last 15 days of the training of the business acumen. We, we, you have a protected territory. We narrow down that list for you. We help you organize that list and focus that list, and then we teach you how to approach people, and we even have 20-year-plus industry experienced veterans that go out with you into those schools. And, and often our franchisees will go spend time in other areas with other franchisees. And then with technology, I mean, we sometimes get in on meetings via Zoom or phone, or we can record some of the skills that they develop. So we constantly are developing our reps, and we're constantly present in that. And it's it's because we enjoy it. You mentioned territories. What are the size of the territories? Uh, 50,000 high school age students that create an area and then the elementary and middle school students that feed those high schools are are free. Mm -hmm. Now, when I'm, I'm looking at cultivating my business, getting out there, making those relationships, you said that when you work with a group that the fundraising is a week long. Well, how many of those week-long fundraisers do I need to um, think about having in my pipeline to be able to create a good revenue stream? Yeah, you know, typically we we have 40 groups, teams the first year that someone works with, and then 60 and then 80, and they're very, very closely tied to the three weeks of the preseason before the start of sports and there's typically about 14 days four times out of the year so the spring sports the cheer and dance in the late spring fall sports on winter so there's really you know a good 56 days of functional fundraising to do and if you do a fundraiser each day during those peak times then uh, people are very very successful and we manage and lead them um, to those optimal times and then help them find the optimal groups and then how to balance that time because it's very seasonal as you're, you know, intuitively picking up on. And so let's talk about that seasonal piece of it. Does that mean that during the summer, the when school is out, that there's really not much going on? Yeah, it definitely has its waves, you know, during those 56 days that I mentioned. It's the, the true <laughs> essence of owning a business. It's 8 to 8 and then the holidays mm-hmm. and the summers and stuff. Um, rebalance that out by having much slower times because we're on a school calendar. Mm-hmm. Yeah, most definitely. So when when someone is um, getting ready to launch that, that business, Mike, how many employees should they plan for when they first get started? Yeah, it would depend on how many territories that they have. You know, our, our average owner is two and a half territories, but you really – with the amount of corporate support we have per territory, you only need one representative. Uh, we've systemized so many different things from our CRM um, to the corporate support that we have, um, all the different efficiencies that we have built into our technology really takes a lot of that off the representative, and we want them to be in schools talking to coaches. And it's a simple model to execute. You know, There's just not a lot of 
moving parts other than the part where you're front-facing with the school and the team. It sounds to me like, Mike, you could have several uh, several teams going on at the same time. That's correct. Our average franchisee has about 81 teams that they work with in a calendar year. Wow. Wow, that's pretty amazing. So you really build relationships with these these schools and with the leaders in the community. So uh, you're really fulfilling a great need out there. Yeah, no, I, I agree. And, and it's got a very high residual effect as well. Uh, last year, 88% of our teams did business with us again, and that's one of the most valuable nice. things about our model. Mm-hmm. And yeah, that is that is nice because the hardest thing is to get clients, um, and right. you just have to remember that you have to make sure that you keep them so that you're not always in that uh, mode of getting new clients. Now, is it just independent school districts that you work with? Um, no, we work with club teams. Um, we work with small colleges, uh, elementary, middle schools. Um, we pretty much have different services available for nearly anybody who wants to fundraise. So even colleges, you even go into colleges as well. Correct. Mm-hmm. So I've heard the term pay to play. Can you tell me a little bit about what that means? Yeah, yeah, it's it's a sad thing, I'll say first of all. But, yeah, there's some states, some sports, some districts, some schools that have went to a pay to play model, which means that, you know, if I were – to make the team and it was a tryout or a non-tryout, one of the first things I'll do is I'll you know, write a three or $400 check to that team to be able to participate to fill that gap on the budgeting in a particular area. And uh, if, if there's not more fundraising new reps out there, I think the reality that we're facing is there could be more pay-to-play um, or there could be some athletic programs that don't exist at all, and we're, we're interested in taking on that fight change both of those things so what it means is that the team is made up of those students whose parents could afford to write that check not necessarily because they were the most talented that's right yeah no they it's you you make the team or there is a team and you know the one of the first things you do is you pay you pay three hundred dollars and i'm always you know when i see that perpetuate I always think of my own experience and I know that that would have been very difficult in my house and if I wasn't Mm -hmm. able to pay $300 and if I didn't play baseball or football or wrestle what would that have done to my life and um, it's something that we should be really concerned about Mm -hmm. yeah most definitely so folks if you're listening to this recording just to let you know it's November 23rd of 2020. I'm setting up the next question for you, Mike. So how has COVID impacted the way your franchisees deliver the service? How has it impacted Fundraising University? Yeah, you know, there's there's been opportunities in there that we've focused on. And of course, you know, there's there's challenges that come first before opportunities. And so the opportunities for us is to be able to develop our process as far as how we can allow others to support kids. And by that, we've, you know, developed the ability to have supporters buy products by having a credit card processor available. Um, We've developed crowdfunding that isn't your general emails that we all get and who knows where it goes. And 
we uh, we do a texting format. So we've been able to beef up our brand, train our people better, and then advance our technology so that more people can support kids. Um, that's what we've done when we've had to press pause. And for the long-term effect of it is, you know, the schools are going to need more money than they, you know, have ever needed money, and that's going to continue for a long period of time. So, you know, we've had to kind of slow down, like most industries have, but the exchange for that over the long haul is is going to benefit our franchisees for 10 or 15 years. There's no doubt about it. Yeah. Yeah, most definitely, and um, it's gonna it's gonna be even more critical for your your franchisees to be out there and help these schools because they are struggling. They've had to spend so much more money on um, areas that they hadn't budget for, and right. where does that money come from? You know, they have to pull it from other departments to make that work because. When you're talking about having a sanitation clean, uh, team in there, somebody has to pay for that, right. and mm-hmm. it has to come out of the budget for sure. So um, that's going to be that's going to be something that you guys need to let people know that you're out there because so many schools don't even know that you exist. Right, I agree 100. percent It's we've got to be proactive, and we have new challenges to solve, and we've got to preserve that student-athlete experience. It's just, you know, developing kids in our communities is, I can't think of something better we could spend our time on. And and this these athletic programs and these school programs, I've always seen them as a way that they, they build the leader, the, our future leaders. Uh, they get, you know, there's so much more than just tossing the ball around, isn't it? Oh, no, absolutely. Those the, the life skills and the transferable work ethic and the ability to work in a team and to respect people and respect rules and to work towards something that's not tangible and there's no guaranteed result and the relationships that come through sports, the health portion of that, which is so important in America right now. I mean, if you could just mm-hmm. go on and on and on about what what being an athlete provides or being in the band or choir or just that structure uh, to work together, I think, is that the essence of our core values in our country. Yeah, I I believe that as well. Um, Mike, I'm getting to the point where I need to take a commercial break. And I tell you what, I love to hear stories, and I just have a feeling that you're going to have some stories that you can share with us. Do you have anything sure. that you can share when we come back from commercial break? I absolutely have a great story. Wonderful. Folks, we're going to take a real quick commercial break, and we'll be back with Mike Bahoon from Fundraising University. House Talk Radio. Join Tony and Wendy Gambone on House Talk Radio, where they talk all things house. From tips on home repairs and remodeling to best practices on buying and selling a home, hiring contractors, home loans, and insurance, as well as decorating ideas and how to get the most bang for your buck. If you would like more information about House Talk Radio, go to housetalkradio.com. Tune in 
every Thursday morning at 9 a.m. to Tough Talk Christian Radio with Tony Gambone. Tough Talk Christian Radio is for those who want to share and receive expressions of faith that will help you take the next step in your relationship with Christ. Listen in to hear from others about their experiences of faith and the love of Christ. Call in to share your experiences at 347-989-1363. Learn more by going to toughtalkchristianradio.com. Are you dreaming of owning your own business but just don't know where to begin? The wait is now over. Linda Ballesteros is a catalyst to becoming a business owner through franchising. Whether you are looking to create a living that will allow you to leave corporate America, change your lifestyle, allowing you to enjoy the fun things in life, or if you're looking to build a legacy that will support your family for years to come, contact Linda today to start the process of being your own boss. Linda at EmpowerFranchiseConsulting.com, 832-640-4922. Hey folks, welcome back to All Things Franchising. We're talking about fundraising today, and yes, it is a franchise model. So before we broke for commercial break, Mike, I ask if you happen to have a story. Before you share that story with us, if someone's listening and you've piqued their interest, how would they find out more about the Fundraising University opportunity? Sure. Our website is www.fundraising, with the letter U, fundraisingu.net, the letter U. My cell phone number is 402-680-5029, or my email address is mbahun at fundraising, all one word, with the letter U at the end of it. So fundraisingu.net, and we would uh, love to connect with more people. Yes, perfect. So what is the story? I can hardly wait to hear it, Mike. I appreciate that. So I'm in mm-hmm. I'm in Georgia, um, in an inner city school, and you had mentioned one of the pay for pay to play models. Well, Georgia in some areas has a $300 fee for kids to play football, which is you know refurbished the pads, the helmets. I'm sure there's other things involved. And I was being a little selfish and had flown down there to run a sale and was tired and was getting ready to hustle back in my rental car to and get to the airport. And I'm carrying my boxes of cards and and ready to put them in the trunk, and this lady walks up, and she's emotional, and I'm a little caught off guard, you know, did a kid lose money, or what happened, and she said, oh, hey, I wanted to thank you, and I said, well, what what are you thanking me for? I was totally startled. She said, because my son sold 20 of these cards, we now have enough money to pay the $300 to play football, Mm -hmm. and his uncles, um, his father, you know, all these different people have been in and out of trouble, and now every single day, from 3 to 8 o'clock, I'll know that he gets to be part of a football team where he's got structure and organization and leadership while I'm at work. And that's tremendous for me as a mom, and it's just wanted to thank you for that because if it wasn't for this opportunity, you know, he wouldn't have the opportunity that he has, and I wanted you to know about that. And mm. uh, put things in mm. perspective w- without a doubt. Without a doubt, it does. Um, and that, you know, Mike, that may be the thing that keeps that kid in school instead oh, yeah. of dropping out. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Absolutely. Couldn't agree yeah. more. Wow. And that, that's, that's, that's what we're doing here. I mean, it's sometimes easy to look at EBITDAs and, you know, costs and, and all those different things. But if you if you jump into what we're doing or if you need help helping people that do that and 
and you've got a big heart for this, then, then we're the right place for it, and we're going to affect change in a critical mass way for a period of time. And, and I appreciate you helping us send that message out to everybody else. It means a lot to our group. Oh, absolutely, because this is this is more than just a business. This is This impacts lives, directly impacts lives. And I would have to think, Mike, that you see almost instant gratification by helping those kids. Oh, it's it's phenomenal, whether it's a kid having an exchange with an adult, asking them to help them, to a kid reaching a goal, mm-hmm. to the prizes that we give, to the, to the fact that their team won in our competition, to, you know, showing up the next year to start the team, and the new scoreboard is, is at their park that they wouldn't have had without mm-hmm. it. Or there's another coach there that can lead our kids, because there are kids um, that was able to be a stipend that was paid for these monies that that people did. So there's just so many different layers of of affirmation within this. It's just outstanding, and I love it. Yeah, it has such a, a social return on it, doesn't it? It mm. it just that's what that's what this business is. You know, that's yeah, what fundraising university word. is. It has that that social aspect to it and I love businesses that have that social aspect because I think I think we need to take on a certain amount of social responsibility here. Absolutely. Yeah, it's it's again it's just what we're doing in communities. I mean just think about when you were involved in sports or if you weren't when you had a nephew or an mm-hmm. aunt or your own kids. Mm-hmm. I mean there's just nothing like that that brings people together. There's nothing like sports that break down all these barriers that we have in society on every level, yeah. whether it's socioeconomic, whether it's race, whether it's gender, whatever it is, if you look at sports and how that brings people together, it's the dynamic that shifts and brings us together more than anything else, and it's powerful. And, boy, don't we need a double dose of that, Mike. <laughs> I couldn't. Yep. Put, absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> I tell you what, we're close to the end of the show here, and I have those final three questions here. So the first one is, if there is someone listening who's considering purchasing a franchise, what would you suggest that they do to prepare for the process? Sure. I think just making sure they're ready for business ownership. I mean, I know that sounds really, really simple, but I think all of us, mm-hmm. when we've taken that leap into being on our own, it's exciting and it's fearful. So, you know, make sure you're getting, you know, someone like yourself or any other professional consultant that takes you through what that is and the responsibility of that and make sure, um, you know, that you're prepared to do it. It's, there's, no, uh, there's no better experience um, than owning your own business and being independent, but it's a responsibility that should be accepted before you start. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, one of the things that I tell my clients, Mike, is, it is work. Yes. Don't think just yes. because you're buying into a franchise that it's not work. It is still work. But at some point, it builds up its own inertia or its own energy, and it becomes to it – be, it starts to carry you with it. And I can see where this could happen, especially with Fundraising University, where the word would get out into the community that this is what you do. So I would think word of Absolutely. mouth would be a, a big a big feature for you guys as well. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. 
So the next question here, and I know that you've touched on it a little bit earlier, but what are two traits that make a successful franchisee? Yeah, I mentioned the stealth starter and the competitive, so I'll maybe um, I'll maybe use a couple other ones. I think you have to be empathetic. Um, I think for what we're doing, and we talked about it being transformational, you have to enjoy doing this work. And I think coaches and athletes and teachers they see it. So I think that's a you know a very high quality to have in this. And then I think you have to be a team player. You know that sounds okay. cliche as well, but you know, you've got to be someone who's willing to put others before yourself and you've got to be working towards their success first and foremost over your own. And when you do that, and that's the beauty of this model, I'm not successful unless I make someone else successful. I'm not selling them a T-shirt mm-hmm. or a hat or something like I'm sh- showing them a service. And if we execute on that service together, we share in the success. And that's why our residual rate is so high in the relationships within those and the referrals I'll just manifest from the intent on where the process starts from. Mm-hmm. It is certainly a win-win situation, isn't it? It is. It is. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. So the final question here is, what does the future of franchising look like? Yeah, I, I think that I think it's bright. I heard someone say that there's like maybe 7,700 brands out there where I think just five years ago it was fractions of that amount. I Mm -hmm. think because of technology, because people have worked from home, um, because I don't see the brick and mortar uh, models being uh, super popular with people right now. I'm sure there are some businesses. Mm -hmm. So I think efficiencies that are services that are tied to relationships and have low overhead um, to start, I think that is the future of where, where franchising is going in my system. A work from home model with a high EBITDA that is part of something that you can build that can be your own. And just like you talked about, it's we're all going to have to put in the time. It's just mm-hmm. what happens, what are you doing with that time? And then with the accumulation of that effort, what's there when you're done? And I think that's what franchising does better than anything else is the accumulation of that effort has a larger pot at the end of it, not just in the money part. It'll, it'll be there, but the people that you affect and the rawness of mm-hmm. the success being tied to one another is, is moving. And, you know, I have to say, Mike, that I believe that there are some franchise models that um, at the end of the day you feel more fulfilled than others so much. And uh, I definitely feel that Fundraising University is one of those that at the end of the day you feel that you've made a difference, made a difference, and that's important. Absolutely. Absolutely. So, Mike, one more time, if someone is listening and they would like more information about Fundraising University and the franchise opportunity, uh, how would they find out more about you? Sure. Our website is www.fundraisingu, the letter, fundraisingu.net. You can reach me directly at 402-680-5029, or my email is m for Mike, B-A-H-U-N, at fundraisingu.net. Wonderful. Hey, Mike, thanks so much for being on the show. I really enjoyed having you and hearing more about Fundraising University, and I look forward to staying connected with you guys. Thank you, Linda. It was, it was a great opportunity, and your your heart for this and your intentions shine through, and I'm, I'm happy to be aligned with that. So thank you again. 
I appreciate that. So, folks, if there's something that you're looking for and you just haven't found what that business or that franchise opportunity is, that at the end of the day, you'll feel that you've actually rippled out, you know, what you're doing rippled out and affects people. Fundraising University just might be that for. As always, I'm leaving you with a quote. It goes like this. Youth sports isn't just about the sport. That's exactly what Mike said earlier. It's not just about the sport. It's about keeping the fun in the game and teaching your athletes lessons they can take with them in life. That is a quote by Coach John Burns. Folks, thanks so much for joining me today on All Things Franchising. I look forward to seeing you next time. Another great episode of All Things Franchising is now in the books. You can listen to past shows by following All Things Franchising on Facebook and Twitter. Thank you for joining us today. And be sure not to miss us next time when we bring you a brand new episode of All Things Franchising.